Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to the Future Tech Podcast. I'm Alan Thomas. Today, I have Daniel Rydell with me, founder and CEO of New Context. How you doing, Daniel? I'm doing great, Alan. Thanks for uh, having me on your show. Oh, no problem. No problem. Let's jump right in. What is New Context and what do you guys do? New Context is a service and product development company. Um, that vision is to keep the connected world safe. Uh, we work in uh, industrial, transportation, and energy sectors to help organizations build uh, build infrastructure uh, securely um, to host uh, secure information, and we also build products to help protect uh, those environments and the utility grid. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's, uh, wow, that is a uh, pretty big mission statement there. Uh, what exactly started the company off? Were you already working in this space, or, or what drew you to starting this company? I've been um, working in technology over the last 20 years. I started my first company when I was 18 years old. Um, and uh, I felt that uh, understanding where we were, um, that data and the protection of the data, the movement of that data and governance of that data was going to start becoming a significant challenge uh, to manage uh, as uh, we continue to grow. And started the company around 2013. Um, this is either right during, after, or around Snowden, um, and uh, we just felt that uh, there was a lot of work to be done in the space. 
And, and so was was that sort of the uh, kind of like the flag or the wake up call that that something needed to be yep. done? Absolutely. In between. There was, uh, you know, I think that, um, you know, I I'm a technologist. I'm a I'm a geek at heart, um, and uh, I I have more IoT devices in my house than uh, anyone else I know. Um, but you know, as I love technology, I also started thinking about how are we going to start handling some of these challenges. And this isn't just me in a vacuum. And this was a sort of a global um, uh, global wake up call, I think, as well. Uh, Europe was making a lot of noise about um, you know uh, starting to look at data, their citizens' data, um, understanding that. Uh, they're going to start possibly having different rules than the United States, um, and uh, also, you know, certain challenges that we've seen here, certain cyber attacks, and understanding sort of how things were built. I felt that there was a lot of uh, infrastructure that did not exist and that needed. To, and this was also during a period of time where you had something called, uh, or we have a a practice called DevOps, and DevOps was sort of also uh, starting to to kick off. And so there's a convergence between um, these challenges around data um, and how do you manage that data and how do you protect all these disparate systems and a new methodology that focused a lot on automation and efficiency. And if there's a way that we could sort of bring these together, um, you know, merging um, engineers, operations, and security folks um, into sort of a common framework, um, at the time we called that lean security, um, uh, we felt that there was a lot to be uh, built there. Um, either us, uh, from a consulting perspective, helping enterprises um, solve those challenges themselves, or um, also looking at building uh, building tools. Actually, uh, we have an assessment tool that helps us go into companies and identify their challenges and help them set up a roadmap to success on managing these things. Um, additionally, uh, we were also starting to get involved with some research around utility grid um, and how could we use this sort of orchestration mindset to also protect the utility grid at the same time. And that goes into another question I had too about what does that look like when you first start working with an organization or an institute? It's kind of a kind of a consultant evaluation type of setup uh, when you start working with that. Alan, Alan, that's a great question. Um, and so, um, what does it look like when we start? first looking and working with an organization. Um, first off, the organization usually has to identify that it has some challenges um, and it has a need, right? And so uh, this could be an industrial company. It could even be an enterprise, you know, a retail enterprise company, understanding that they have um, either a lot of legacy platforms, they have a lot of data that's stored in different areas, understanding that the compliance and the regulation process for them to audit all the controls they have is relatively laborious. Um, and then oftentimes what we'll also see in those organizations is you'll see silos. And so their development group is working separately from their data group, working separately from their security group, working separately from their engineering group. And so we'll be brought in and those organizations uh, Usually, um, there's uh, it's a, a sort of cultural people process that we end up walking through. Um, usually, it's not the tools and the software that are, are the challenge. It's 
it's getting people to communicate with each other and then also trying to get them to use tools that are um, that sort of enhance and and build upon that right um, there's a you know we we're several years on into sort of the DevOps world and so by now uh, tools like chef and puppet and ansible and salt are relatively well known um, a CICD pipeline is relatively well known but it's how do we get these organizations communicating and then how do we get them interacting with that CICD or SL, S, uh, uh, SDLC or software development lifecycle um, in a common way um, and working efficiently together. And so typically it's a lot of communicating, talking, emailing, and um, uh, bringing people together. And let's just take a, uh, kind of a step back just a little bit and just kind of talk about DevOps for a second and kind of just go a little bit deeper into what it is and how it kind of ties in. So DevOps is um, DevOps is a mindset that started, I would say, about seven, eight years ago. Um, and the original mindset didn't have anything to do with technology, and it was trying to get the development organization and the operation organization working more closely together. And so uh, in that environment, uh, that kind of kicked off um, a bunch of things that sort of have happened over the last eight years. I think where DevOps has progressed today, um, in many cases, it's getting regulated to be the new operations. And so what started off as two organizations coming together, I think we're, we're seeing it in some cases and in some organizations um, move off into its own silo again. We've actually come into, uh, I've come into or seen organizations where they will say, you know, we do DevOps great. It's just that operations won't take our deployments. And usually we sigh and smile and say, let's sit down and talk. And so um, uh, I think that it's in some cases it's a loaded term. And in some cases what we're still trying to do um, is, uh, you know, make it holistic across that engineering organization. The other thing that I've seen is, is this world where, you know, we are now, you know, security is obviously the cornerstone of our business, cornerstone of how we, you know, develop products and, and, and the things that we're doing, again, in the utility grid. Um, but uh, the uh, key part to what I see is now we're calling this DevSecOps or SecDevOps or some combination of secure DevOps. And um, I think that the, the stumbling upon that means that, you know, uh, highlights uh, this additional challenge. Um, it is really important that we bring security into that pipeline. Um, we decided to call it lean security because we kind of want to take a step back and make security responsible for the entire enterprise. But it's still one of those challenges that we still haven't quite figured out. Um, uh, but there's a lot of really good organizations out there that are producing software in the DevSecOps space. But for us, it's it's that all has to be that all has to come together in that SDLC. That all has to come together in that CI/CD pipeline, regardless of what you're doing. Great, great. And let me just because I just wanted to make sure that it was kind of there was kind of a set a uh, you know kind of a set explanation of what it was, just so we were all on the same page in terms of our list. Yep. And so uh, and so in putting together new context. What are some of the difficulties that you encounter putting the company together? One of the first, uh, and I'll admit this, one of the first mistakes we made is we felt that we could do both U.S. and go overseas um, 
uh, in the first couple of months of operating our business. Um, that was a challenge. Um, we got through that challenge, but I would recommend to any of your listeners, if they're starting a business, um, make sure you, you stay focused on a region, get to know that region, and then expand that region. But I think we tried to accelerate a little fast there. Um, I think that um, you get known for um, you get known for one particular viewpoint, and you may or may not be exactly what's going on with your actual organization. And so, I find uh, communicating to people about cybersecurity or communicating people around building infrastructure um, can be challenging because. You know, you say DevOps to one person, that means one thing. You say data governance to another person, um, you know. And so in talking about what the needs are, um, that could be um, uh, relatively challenging. The other thing that, you know, I think we got heavily involved in building technology around cryptographic ledgers back in 2013, um, that then became blockchain. And um, we were, I think, a little early to that market. And so those were, those were the three sort of challenges. Communication, making sure to focus on the region that you're servicing and don't spread yourself too thin. And then, you know, whether you're early to market or late to market is always a challenge. Of course. And in and, and talking about difficulties, of course, we want to talk about some of the big wins that you guys have had up to this point. What, are, what comes to mind when you think about main achievements? So the main achievements, I think, is our impact that we've had on uh, some of the work that we've done taking sort of our orchestration mindset and bringing that into um, the work that we're doing from a research perspective with the utility industry. Um, that has had um, national, um, a national and global reach. Um, it has allowed us to um, take this methodology, which is really, it's a methodology to build anything, right? DevOps isn't a methodology just to build one, one sort of vertical, you know, deployment of, say, you know, an IT tool. It's really how you're supposed to be developing all software. And so um, taking that orchestration mindset, bringing it into a new world um, that's somewhat an old world, but also a, a world that is modernizing, um, uh, such as the utility market, that's actually dealing with some of the challenges that we faced earlier on with sort of the explosion of cloud and distributed systems. Um, you know, if you see what's happening with solar, that's happening in their environment, and actually um, being able to uh, have a real impact in uh, building uh, new technology for a space that um, uh, really needed it. And, and I know you probably have a lot of developments or ideas for developments that get batted around a lot. What are a couple, what are one or two developments that maybe people have come up with or ideas people have come up with where you said, well, it might be a little bit too soon for that, or that's something that seems more like a year or two out. I'll be honest. I still think that we're early with, with cybersecurity in general. I think that we still haven't figured this out, and I think it's a little bit of a mess. I think that if you look at the products that have actually been built around um, how do we manage these complex environments, uh, I think that so autonomous vehicles, that's early to market. There's a lot of complexity there. Um, there's a lot of uh, moving parts, and from an infrastructure perspective, I don't think we nearly have the infrastructure ready to actually build out what needs to be done. Um, well, how it relates to new contexts, 
is, um, you know, we hope to help build some of the platforms and to help some of these transportation organizations leverage all of the, the disparate data systems and the edge computing that they're going to need and the management of that edge computing. But I think that that world is still, still relatively chaotic, and I think that's going to take us a little longer than we thought we would. So that's the one I've got for you. Oh wow, that's a, and that's a really good example too. <laughs> so, um, and, and let me ask you, in terms of the roadmap for the company for over the next one or two years, what does that look like? What should we expect? So we we want to double down on uh, helping organizations build orchestration and platforms to help govern and manage data and their sort of IoT and industrial IoT devices in the three sectors I talked to you about, industrial, energy, and transportation. Um, but we also will be looking to build technologies that look to bring that orchestration mindset to the response of security challenges that are facing us today, specifically in the utility industry. And so um, we want to take, uh, there's five core principles that we have around identity, trusted data, um, isolated networks, uh, intelligence, and orchestration, and we want to bring those to market to help the utility industrial um, sectors uh, to manage uh, data and ICS infrastructure um, uh, going forward. Uh, it's, it leverages what we've been working on in the past and basically building large-scale data platforms. It just um, does it at a much broader scale um, managing uh, edge, edge platforms. Okay, and, and if there were uh, one or two big takeaways that you want our audience to take away from this interview, what would that be? What, what, what do they need to remember about new content? I would like them to understand if they're looking to solve some significant challenges around building uh, infrastructure in highly regulated spaces that there are organizations that have been um, focused on this for several years now um, and have an expertise that can hopefully save them a lot of time and a lot of money um, in building out uh, their environment. Ah, okay. And what's the best way for people who are interested in more information to get in touch with you, get in touch with the company? Uh, they can, uh, we have info at newcontext.com. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, and uh, you can also email me directly at daniel at newcontext.com. Okay, great. Well, well, thank you, Daniel, for, for coming onto the podcast and giving us this information and sharing your time with us. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Al. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. 
If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.